Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When the world is in a state of pandemic, it can sometimes be hard to find the joy. But the return of a TV show to our screens last week has sent some to a place where our childhood meets our competitive spirit. Eight hours to go! <laughs> it's chaos. Holy heck! What the brick? Why do we love Lego? What is it about those little bricks that inspires such passion? Today, we're going to speak to people who live and breathe it to see why Lego love is alive and well in 2020. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Just a warning before we start today's episode that I am a native South Australian, so if I accidentally slip into SA dialect and call it Lego instead of Lego, I apologise in advance. In 1947, Danish toy makers Ole Kirk Christensen and his son Gottfried purchased a plastic injection moulding machine, a decision that would affect the childhoods of millions of people around the world. Before it was Lego, the company originally helped construct houses and furniture, but when the Great Depression hit in the 20s, they shifted to making wooden toys and practical furniture to stay afloat. The name Lego was created in 1934, Ola Kirk holding a contest amongst his staff to find the name, ending up picking a self-made contraction of the words leg got, which in Danish means play well. After obtaining samples of a new interlocking plastic brick from a company called Kittycraft, Ola Kirk and his team set about making their own, and in 1953, they would be officially named Lego Bricks. At first, people were not fans of the toy, preferring those made of wood or metal. The company, faced with shipments being returned, started to innovate, and by the mid-1950s started to create toy systems, with the first being the town plan. After refining some technical issues with the locking system, the plastic toy became the company's focus. And when a warehouse fire destroyed pretty much all their wooden ones, the decision to continue on with just plastic was made. In the 1960s, they introduced wheels so children could make cars and buses, releasing one of their most popular series, the Lego train system in 1966. Its popularity began to soar, and by the end of the 60s, they'd opened their first Legoland, featuring models of mini towns built entirely out of the bricks, the park bringing in more than 600,000 visitors in its first year of operation. The company expanded, as did the family empire, through the decades. And the stats today are pretty astounding. Those same bricks made more than 50 years ago will still lock in with the bricks you buy today. 
The moulds they make the bricks with are accurate to within two thousandths of a millimetre, with only about 18 out of every million bricks made not passing the grade. Laid end-to-end, the number of bricks made each year would go five times around the world. And on average, there are 80 Lego bricks for every human on Earth today. World records have been broken with them, including the world's tallest Lego tower that comes in at 28.7 metres and made from 456,000 bricks. And some of the models made from them at Legolands across the globe are truly amazing. So why has the love affair with Lego endured the release of so many other toys over the years? And in fact, seemingly intensifying when those gifted Lego for Christmas all those years ago grow up. One of those hardcore fans is, of course, Ryan McNaught, best known as the Brickman and co-host of Channel 9's successful show, Lego Masters. Ryan, what is it about Lego that you love so much? Look, I think the thing for me is it can be anything. So... One day, a plain old Lego brick can be part of a spaceship. The next day, that plain old Lego brick could be part of a treehouse. Then it could be a boat. Then it could be a house. Lego bricks can be actually anything. And so as my imagination goes off in different directions, Lego bricks, they can go along with it. So it makes it this really versatile thing. And that's kind of what makes it so much fun. Do you remember when it started to get serious for you? Were you still a kid? No. Well, I love Lego. I got my first Lego set when I was three from my nana, God bless her, and I stopped playing Lego when I was about 14. And, you know, becoming a teenager, it wasn't cool anymore. And then it wasn't until we had kids that I got back into it. We got twin boys, so I didn't have a choice but to get back into Lego, having two boys in the family. And my mum had kept all my Lego from when I was a kid, and so she gave it back to us and said, well, here's all your junk back, and we just started playing with it from there. And then probably about Two or three years after we kind of got back into Lego as a family, I started playing around with it from a technology perspective and what it can do and what it couldn't do and that kind of stuff. And that's kind of when I started taking it seriously. So I had a big break of about 20 years where I never touched a Lego brick. We call it the dark ages when we don't touch Lego. So, yeah, it wasn't until later in life really that I got back into it. And you've definitely gotten back into it. Can you explain how you achieved your qualification and what does it mean to be a Lego certified professional? So there's 14 of us around the world and we all got our job in a totally different way. So you can't just go to like Lego University and get a Lego degree or anything like that. But I was working with this thing in schools called Mindstorms, which teaches kids about robotics using Lego bricks. Anyway, I was doing some work from a technology perspective with the Lego company around that and they really liked what I was doing. And it kind of evolved, you know, can you do this project? Can you do that project? And it kind of just grew and grew and grew. And then a couple of them said, oh, look, there's this program. If you're really interested, we'd like you to think about joining it. So I did. And basically, that's how I sort of landed in my role. But if you look at all of the others around the world, I mean, some of them are teachers that use Lego for mathematics. Some of them are sculptors. One guy, he does animals out of Lego. So we're all very different in what we do. So there's no kind of career path, if that makes any sense. Now, you've made a lot of models, large-scale models to it places across the world, which one are you most proud of and which one took the most creativity? My favourite model of all time is probably the Colosseum. I had to make the Colosseum of Rome. And the reason that's my favourite is it's oval shaped. So to make something oval shaped out of square bricks is really quite challenging, as you can imagine. So from a technical perspective, certainly the Colosseum is number one. Every model has a different creative challenge. Sometimes you have to be creative to overcome engineering issues. Like a few years ago, we made a big Christmas tree that was in Pitt Street Mall and in Federation Square in Melbourne. It was 10 metres high. So 
So when you're dealing with four and a half tons of Lego bricks, you have to be creative in different ways. You know, you've got to think about is it going to fall over or if it's a windy day. So you have to get creative in lots of different ways. What about something that someone else has made? Is there something that goes down in the history books for you as one of the best Lego models of all time? Oh, look, being involved in a show like Lego Masters, I'm very lucky in that I get to see people's creativity at a pretty raw level. And often it's something that's just such a simple little idea that they can turn into something really big and incredible. And it doesn't even have to be big. It can just be amazingly intricate. So I'm very lucky on Lego Masters that I almost get to see that on a daily basis. You know, every episode that we do, we get to see every team basically exhibit that creativity and technical skill and all of those kind of things. When I get to see other people's Lego work, it's very inspirational. They always have cool stuff that you can kind of go, oh, that's awesome, man. I might do that in my next Lego model. Is there a holy grail as far as Lego is concerned, like a rare set or a rare piece that everyone wants to get their hands on? Lego's over 80 years old now. So as a company, they've been around for a very long time and they've obviously made a lot of really cool products and sets and that kind of stuff. I have a few Lego sets that I've collected over the years that mean something to me personally. Like, you know, I bought a set which I had when I was a kid, still in its box and that kind of stuff. So often people, when they're collecting that super rare Lego set, it's because of a nostalgia reason. You know, it's something that they grew up with or something that they really wanted as a kid. I know when I was a little boy and I had the Lego catalogue, I'd be forever like, oh, imagine, oh, I want that one. Oh, wouldn't that one be good too? And you could never afford it as a kid, of course, but... Nowadays, as an adult, you can get a couple of those sentimental pieces again. There's a couple for mine that really stick out. There was a spaceship in the 1970s called Galaxy Explorer. And I always, always wanted it. It was expensive. It was like 100 bucks back in those days, and, you know, we could never afford it. And I always, always wanted it. And a few years ago, I managed to get one brand new still in its box. So there's a few sets like that that are around there. So what is it like to be part of the Lego community? Chris Malloy is the founder of The Brothers Brick, who run the world's leading Lego news website. Chris, first up, what actually makes Lego news? So we focus on featuring a variety of the best Lego creations from around the world, custom models that people are building, whether it's a starship or a castle, stuff like that. We also focus a lot on covering new Lego sets that the Lego company is producing, as well as producing reviews of those sets. Just how passionate are hardcore Lego fans? Hardcore Lego fans are extremely passionate. We gather together in conventions that draw in hundreds of Lego fans, as well as thousands of members of the public to see all these Lego creations. And we love gathering together, showing our builds off to each other, seeing what cool things everybody's built. It's a really awesome community and really welcoming and great to be a part of. There does seem to be a real lack of women in that community. Why do you think women aren't as involved in Lego as as men are? That's a great question, Claire. Lego has traditionally focused more on the male audience as far as kids. Their traditional target audience was boys in the age of 6 to 12. And so I think from that, it's a lot more likely that a boy grew up playing with Lego and would therefore be involved in it as an adult. However, we are seeing a lot of female builders who are active in the community. At conventions, I would say it's probably 30 to 40% of the active builders are female. And the same thing goes for the local groups. 
Lego user groups, or LUGs as they're called, are the local community-oriented groups, and women are pretty prevalent there as well. The themes that LEGO has introduced that focus on girls are great at getting more girls involved in LEGO, and hopefully that will produce more female builders down the road. While LEGO was originally designed to be quite gender neutral, it did change over the years to target young boys, and now there are ranges that specifically target girls too, playing into very specific gender roles. Think cops and robbers versus hair salons and florists. But there are a growing number of women getting involved in the Lego community. Chris's wife, Kaylin, who he met through the Lego community, says, like most people, her brick obsession is rooted in her childhood experience. It was something that I absolutely adored as a kid. My fondest memories of Christmas as a child was receiving an old Spirius set and just having an absolute blast building it and playing with it. And then, as happens to many people, I stopped playing with Lego because it wasn't cool and got back into it as an adult because my mother, as a joke, bought me a creator bucket for Christmas, one of those like 500 or 1,000 piece buckets. And I promptly fell back in love with Lego and building again and spent all of my Christmas money on buying, I think it was the Orient Expedition line that had just come out that year. And it's been a love of mine ever since. Now, there's a lot of discussion around gender politics where it comes to Lego, that it originally started off being quite neutral before it was very targeted to boys, and now there's some lines, the Friends line in particular, that target specifically little girls. Did you find it a barrier at all, the the gender politics of Lego? Not at all. Especially as a kid, it was just a fun toy, and I loved going to the drugstore every Saturday when my mom would go grocery shopping to just find whatever little sets were there. And as a kid, I didn't particularly pay attention to any of the gender politics in those sets. And this would have been the Ice Planet line and Dragon Master. So going back to the early 90s there. As an adult, looking at the different sets, I notice more when there are fewer female figs to go around. And I get excited in the new city space line that they released this past year, had more female astronauts and female scientists. And I just, I absolutely loved that as an adult because I pay more attention as an adult. So talk to me about being a woman in the Lego community, because from our sort of side of things, researching this and and looking for people to speak to, there's not that many women playing real active roles in the community. How have you found that? You know, it's really interesting you say that. In the beginning, when I first came back to Lego as an adult, there were very few women online, at least uh, people who identified as female, whether it was just they kept their gender behind the anonymity of the internet or whatever the case may be. But there have always been far more women involved in the local hobby. So in my local user group, um, CLUG, Seattle Lego Users Group, was always at least 25 to 30% women at any of the meetings I went to very early on. And with our local Lego convention here, BrickCon, the staff has always had at least three or four women in leadership positions, guiding volunteers, taking care of very, very major things. It's always been interesting for me in that I always felt alone and like there wasn't any other girls I could talk to when I was interacting with people online. But there were always women that I could talk to and really share my experiences with when I went and saw other fans in person. What is it about Lego for you as an adult? As a kid, we play with toys and we create and we explore. Is it the same thing as an adult? Very much. 
There is the opportunity to create my own worlds, to have this challenge of something that I want to build and can I build it with the pieces that I have available to me? Can I make this vision come to life? And I cared less about the creativity and the building and more about the stories when I was a small child. I still love the stories now, but I love the creativity piece that I'm able to just sit down take the pieces, something familiar, something ubiquitous in this experience that so many children have and just create whatever I want. Lego, or Lego to my South Australian family, is a heavy dose of nostalgia. Something that reminds us of time spent with siblings or friends or even alone, endlessly creating, destroying and recreating during long hot summer school breaks. And as adults, it has somehow given us permission to keep playing to tap into creativity while also being ageless, an experience shared between generations using those same little plastic bricks. And really, the end result can look pretty damn cool too. This episode of The Quickie was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if there's something you'd like us to follow up, you can send us a story idea via email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.